Thanks so much for joining us and for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. Our hope as you listen in is that you might encounter Jesus, hear and receive his love, and be encouraged and empowered by his spirit to be and bring life and love to one another and to the other in your world. If you would like to get in touch with us or keep up to date with what's happening in and through the life of Steeple Church, please jump onto our website at steeplechurch.com.au or follow us on the socials via Facebook or Instagram at steeple.church. We're looking forward to meeting you one day soon, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. Bless your fam. So I don't know if, if you've been around uh, kind of more mainline, mainstream churches, uh, maybe you've heard of Advent before. Uh, I come from a uh, tradition that didn't kind of often observe or formally observe things like Advent. So, uh, uh, but you know, since becoming a part of Churches of Christ, um, and even just in a space like this, I was kind of reminded that uh, there's a bunch of churches out there that actually do um, uh, acknowledge uh, seasons in the church calendar. And one of the seasons that we're entering into today, as of today, is the season of Advent, uh, which essentially means that Christmas is coming. Who's excited about that? Who's anxious about that? Don't need to raise your hands for that one. Who's a little bit overwhelmed? I don't know about you, but I feel like every time we hit like end of November, December, life just gets hectic. And while it's feel, while we try and fill it with social events and parties and all that sort of stuff, that it, I actually I actually find that quite uh, hectic this time of year. Trying to organise my social life. I mean, I'm getting quite old now, and uh, I'm surrounded by kids. And the idea of like trying to find space to hang out with people is something that causes me a little bit of anxiety. So I'm trying to organise parties and end of year dinners and celebrations and all that sort of stuff, and it's all good. But uh, if you're feeling anxious, a little bit overwhelmed by the season, you're not alone. Uh, I've definitely experienced moments like that, uh, especially coming towards the end of the year. But the word Advent. For those of you who may be new to this season, is derived from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. But the coming that we celebrate during the Advent season isn't just Jesus' first arrival as the baby Jesus in a manger Jesus, but also an anticipation and an expectation attached to the celebration as we look forward in hope on Jesus' second coming. He's coming back, people, and that should excite us. Um, Advent is a four-week season in the church calendar where we are invited to celebrate and anticipate the revelation, the revealing of God in Christ. It was the event that changed history, all of history, through whom all of creation has been and is still being reconciled to God. And there's a mystery and a waiting in that idea that we are both fully reconciled to God and we are still experiencing the reality of being and becoming reconciled to God. It's, a, it's both a now and not yet reality that we're right in the midst of as followers of the person and the practice of Jesus. So the first advent, the first coming of Christ does a few things for us. It celebrates and inaugurates and it amplifies the good news. It announced the good news that has come in and through Christ's arrival. But not just in his arrival, in his entire life, in his death, and resurrection. I don't know about you, but if you've been around Christianity, around church for a while, we seem to make, you know, we, we make uh, Christianity all about his death at Easter time, and we make uh, Christmas all about his birth. But you know what? In all of those events, it's actually about all of Christ's life, all of Christ's life. It's not just about his birth and his death and his resurrection. It's about his entire life. The gospel is not just one element. It's all of Jesus. Jesus is the gospel. Amen? Excellent. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Advent uh, is also an invitation to participate. 
So it's not a passive kind of invitation. It's not something we just rock up to at Easter and Christmas time. It's something that we're invited into. The gospel is something that we're invited to participate in. And what we're, what we're invited into is to participate in the ongoing process of reconciling the world toward and into that very reality while we continue to hopefully and joyfully expect and uh, anticipate Christ's second advent or his second coming. Advent is about celebration, amplification, invitation and participation. And I don't know about you, but for me, those kind of four words, they sort of sum up what worship is all about. All of life worship, not just what we do here on a Sunday with the singing and the music, but we are invited to make our entire lives about worship. Amen? Worship is not just something we do for half an hour on a Sunday. Worship is what we do all of the time. It's an outflow of our relationship with Jesus. You know, I think of Mary, especially around Christmas time. Mary got it. She got this idea that worship, that this invitation into Advent was about celebration and amplification and participation. She got it while she was carrying the baby Jesus in her womb. And we see it when she responds in spontaneous worship of God's overwhelming grace. In Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and 47, she says this just in spontaneous response to God's good grace. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord, my soul amplifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices, my spirit celebrates, my spirit is participating in God, my Saviour. King David got it. In Psalm 34, verse 1 to 3, it's this. I love this psalm. It's my favourite psalm, especially the way the message uh, kind of articulates it. It says this, I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with His praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. I don't know, that psalm for me, just the opening of that psalm, it, kind of, it is an invitation to participate to celebrate and to amplify the good news. Celebration, amplification, invitation and participation. And these truths, this invitation is built into, is designed into all of creation. Romans chapter 1 verse 19 to 20 says this, For what can be known about God is plain, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. You know, there's something intrinsic in you. If you were created in the image of God, I'm going to assume every person in this place has been. There is something in you that is like uh, Elizabeth when she encountered Mary in Luke chapter 1. We didn't read about this, but her baby kind of leapt inside of her. There's something in you that when you hear this invitation, it kind of leaps. You are created to celebrate. You are created to amplify God. You are invited into this space. You are invited to participate with what God is doing in the world. Oh, that's exciting to me. I get excited. And you know, for this afternoon's reflection, and I guess is our introduction and invitation into Advent, I'd, I'd like to read from another scripture, a story that I read a couple of weeks ago, and I encourage you, if you weren't around or you want to know a little bit more about the context of this scripture, maybe jump onto our YouTube channel. But I'm going to read from Matthew 26 again, um, and it's the story of the woman with the alabaster jar. And uh, I'm going to read from that again and kind of utilise that um, as our anchor scripture tonight. Um, I love the imagery in this story. I love this beautiful act of prophetic and hopeful worship that um, the hero of this story 
kind of paints for us as she literally had to push through the crowd, bring her offering and worship to the table and pour her gift over Jesus. And in that act, it reveals to us, um, you know, I think what it means to celebrate and amplify and participate in the gospel. My prayer for us tonight is that each of us would leave having heard the invitation to live a life of worship, a life that celebrates, amplifies and participates in the good news. And I hope that it will reframe us as we enter into the Advent season, kind of remind us what we're here to do. So when those moments of uh, kind of being overwhelmed or anxious about the season to come, you're reminded again uh, that, hey, that's not what this season is about. This season is actually an opportunity for us to celebrate the good news of Jesus, the good news that is Jesus. Are you still with me? Okay, good. Fantastic. Matthew 26, verse 6 to 13. Now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask, a very expensive ointment. And she poured it out, or perfume, poured it out on his head as he reclined at the table. Can you guys read that? Very small. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. Beautiful. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Beautiful. Worship. It's a beautiful act of worship, but I wonder what the word worship conjures in your imagination. You know, as someone who has served in the local church for around 20 years now uh, as a pastor, I've had the, well, we'll call it a privilege of receiving feedback regularly uh, on many, many things. But there are a couple of things that you will often receive feedback on. The first thing that I receive feedback on is the worship, the worship element of a service. Always receive Beautiful feedback on the worship element of the service, which is really when people talk about worship, they're talking about the time of music and singing. And the second thing I, I hear about or receive feedback on uh, is around the preaching or teaching. Anybody else in ministry been around for a while? We receive some, we receive some really interesting feedback, not from this group of people, um, from other people. But some of the things that, they, that I would get told is, uh, and the feedback we get is, I didn't really get much out of the worship this morning or tonight. The team just seemed a little bit flat. Any worship leaders ever heard that before? Yeah, I see Eman smiling. Jane gets what I'm talking about. Uh, other types of feedback. I don't understand why we have to sing at all. So we get the opposite response. I don't, I don't understand why we have to sing at all. I come for the word. We should just preach the gospel. Any preachers in the room ever heard that one before? Just me? Cool. Other types of uh, feedback I get. Why do we need to preach at all? Can't we just worship? Uh, I've heard this before in church. I stopped expecting to receive or learn anything from preaching on a Sunday a long time ago. I come for community. Or I didn't really get much out of the preaching today. Pastor Dan seemed a little bit flat. <laughs> no, I've never received that. It's always me. Never Dan. <laughs> yeah, different Dan, different Dan. <laughs> no, I love this. Can I just give us a little bit of a reminder this morning? You know, worship, all of life worship is far more than what happens on a Sunday. And my intent tonight is not to break down all of the different expressions of worship, but rather to encourage us to be far less critical of how we worship and far more focused on the who that we worship, especially as we head into the Advent and Christmas season. 
friendly reminder for us all tonight is that worship in all of its forms, all of its forms, whether it be through singing, through the preaching of the word, through serving others in this space on a Sunday, or whether it be in other contexts, whether you be working from home, whether you be uh, working at the office, looking after and playing with your kids, creating beautiful art, engaging in the bringing of justice, etc., 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 whatever form of worship um, uh, that worship takes, it is not prim- primarily about what you get from it. Are you, are you with me? It's not primarily about what you get from it, and it is far more about the act of giving and who you are giving your worship to. Another way to put it, simpler way, worship benefits you and worship is good for you, but worship is not about you. Amen? Worship benefits you and worship is good for you, but worship is not about you. My first point, which I'm drawing from our scripture, is this. Worship is all about Jesus. I love that we don't know the name of the person, and other Gospels use the name, but in this particular reading of Scripture, we don't know the name of the person who is bringing the worship because it's all about Jesus. Worship is all about Jesus. All worship is about magnifying and amplifying Jesus. It's about participating in the work and witness of Jesus, who is the good news. And worship, all of worship, is about inviting others to engage and experience him too. Amen? That's why your worship is important. Not because it's about what you can get, but it's about creating space for others to experience and engage with Jesus. The way that you worship on a Sunday is important. I don't want us to be a church that hypes. I don't want you to, uh, uh, you know, uh, if, if, if worshipping around the word is not something that you naturally lean towards, if, if worship around music and a time of singing is not something that you uh, necessarily lean towards in your own time, it's not necessarily the primary, primary way that you worship, that's okay. I don't expect you to be something that you're not. But you know what? There are people in the room, and this is the beautiful thing about church, there will be people in this space who love to sing and worship with music. Jane is one of those people. I imagine that Lockie and Grace are a couple of those people. Emmanuel loves to worship in that way. Uh, I'm, I will worship in that space because I want to create space. I just want to experience the Lord. And so when I come into this space and we get together, I think congregational singing is one of the collective ways that humanity can actually get together and get on the same page. So I participate because I want to experience God with the rest of you in this way. But it's not my natural leaning. I love to look at art on a wall. I'll stare at a, at a piece of art for, for days. You know, that's the way I like to engage. Read a good book with a good coffee in a cafe. That's worship to me. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Okay, maybe not. Um, you know, I think that this actually alleviate or at least redirects some pressure for some people in the room. You are not supposed to be the primary target of worship. Jesus is. And you do not always need to receive anything out of worship. So you can take a deep breath. If you come every Sunday thinking, oh man, if I don't receive from Jesus tonight, then Jesus must not be real. Let me just alleviate some pressure for you. You're not supposed to necessarily, or you're not going to, at least in my experience, you're not going to have an amazing uh, worship experience every single time you come into church. Can I just alleviate the pressure off the worship team as well? Right? Uh, every time I preach the word, you're not going to like get slain the spirit and uh, experience God the same way every time. That's okay. Can I alleviate the pressure off me and you may be in the room? You do not always have to receive anything out of worship, but you are definitely always re- required to give something 
to Jesus and to others in your worship. Amen? Okay. You can say amen. Let's just pretend for a while that we're Pentecostal. Let's practice our amens. Amen? amen. Yeah, I love that. So you know what? If this worship moment that we've just read about in Scripture was primarily about the woman, I don't know if she'd be able to push through. She had to overcome some pretty dramatic obstacles just to get to the table where Jesus was sitting. This moment was all about magnifying and amplifying Jesus. Jesus inspired her. Jesus motivated her. Jesus was the driving force behind her action. Jesus was her reason for moving and pushing through and making her way past all of the haters at the door in the room and seated at the table. Jesus was the reason she broke open her $60,000 bottle of perfume to anoint him with. Jesus was the reason she gave. Jesus had captivated her gaze and her heart and Jesus was the target of her worship. She was responding out of love. She was responding because she had a a moment with Jesus and she she just wanted to give expression to her love for him. It was about Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, I'm not sure she would have made it into the room, let alone to the table. Who knows what I'm talking about? Like, who has an if it wasn't for Jesus kind of story? If it wasn't for Jesus, I would never have done this. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would never have made it to this point in my life. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't have been able to do that or do this, etc., etc. I have a list like that as long as my arm. And I think that we're reminded of this truth, this, this reality that worship is not about us. It's about Jesus from the get-go. We see that in the Lord's Prayer from the very beginning, the, the first words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It puts Jesus, it puts God at the very centre. Ephesians 1 says this, all this energy, all worship, all praise, all activity issues from Christ. God raised him from, the, from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. Has the final word on everything. At the centre of all this is not Corey, is not Steeple Church, is not Joseph Tesserero, is not Yi Chen. At the centre of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. It's all about Jesus. When we worship, we benefit, we grow, we mature, we are blessed, but it's not about us. Jesus is the one we worship. Amen? Yes. No worship. Here's my second point. No worship is wasted. No worship is wasted. All worship is worthy. I went through a list before of all the different types of uh, worship, even just in this space, there are multiple different ways that I'm sure that each of us love to engage in worship. But all of those expressions and all of those styles, while being valuable, valued, and welcome by Jesus, they are all, sorry, all of those expressions are valued and valuable and welcomed by Jesus. And while not all of those expressions can happen on a Sunday, uh, in a service, none are wasted. Let me encourage you, none of your worship is wasted. None of your worship is wasted. And all forms, all modes and all styles of worship are worthy. Make your whole life about worship. Colossians 3 says this, Be faithful in all things, 
For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. All of life is worship. Put your, it goes on, verse 23, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you were doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. That's, be- that's a beautiful encouragement and reminder that all of life is all about worship. Amen? Here's a thought. Here's a thought for us, especially as we go into the Christmas season. And as we get around Christmas Day, this is a challenge, I think, around the season. We kind of forget the reason for the season, right? But can I encourage you, don't ever esteem one style or form of worship over another. And never esteem the way we worship over the one we worship. Amen? You know, we have a tendency to do that in church life. Can I just bring us back, especially as we head into the Christmas season? Don't ever esteem the style or form of worship over another. And never esteem the way we worship over the one we worship. Amen? No worship is wasted. All worship is worthy. I invite you to come up, lock in, just give me some tunes. Let me encourage you, church, as we head towards Christmas, that all of life is an opportunity to amplify, invite, and participate in the worship of Jesus. And I think moments or seasons like Christmas, like Easter, they kind of are there, in my opinion, to kind of refocus, recenter the church, remind us what this whole thing is all about. It's not about the way we worship. It's not about uh, the way we play the music, whether we lift our hands or don't lift our hands, whether we pray in a certain way, whether we're making noise in prayer. Again, I'm Pentecostal, so when there's a quiet prayer meeting, like I struggle with that, but that's because I'm Pentecostal. But I have to remind myself in those moments, it's not about that. The Spirit of God doesn't rock up when we ask the musician to play, like, Holy Spirit didn't just come. The Holy Spirit doesn't show up when there's noise in the room. The Holy Spirit is always here. And everything we do is all about Jesus. Amen? Amen. You know, as you enter, as we enter into this Advent season and as we head rapidly towards Christmas and into a new year, I pray that any and all anxiety, fear, hesitation or trepidation about what might be coming would make way for Jesus who has come and who is yet to come and that in Jesus you'll discover and know him as your hope your joy your peace and your love in greater measure as you amplify and invite others to encounter and experience him and as you participate in the being and bringing of the good news that He was, that Jesus was and is and is to come. And not just for you and for yours, but for the whole world. As you enter into this Advent season, don't be overcome by the things that are going on around you. Become more aware of the One who is in you. Amen? And worship Him. When things start to get hectic, don't be afraid to push the pause button on all of the noise that's happening in your world and just worship Him. Whether that be through a quiet prayer, whether that be doing what Jane loves to do and putting on worship music, whether that be in writing or journaling, whatever expression your worship takes, can I encourage you, if your month, if heading into the Christmas season is getting hectic, be okay with pressing the pause button. Amen? Amen. Church, I love you. So good to be back in the house. We'll uh, hang out, but otherwise we'll see you next week. Let me pray for you as we go. Father, again, I just ask that you bless this community. I thank you, Father, um, for the fact that you have come, that you are present. 
Lord, your word tells us and you've promised us that you will never leave nor forsake us. And I pray that that would be our reality, that we would know that whatever's happening in the world around us, that we would be aware of your presence and that in your presence, we can find peace, hope, joy, love, grace, mercy. Father, you are all that we'll ever need. We've sung about it tonight, but I pray that our lives would become that song. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged as you listened in. As I said at the top of the podcast, we loved having and hosting you in this way, but we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So please drop us a line via our website or better yet, if you're local to Melbourne, drop in on one of our Sunday gatherings, 10 a.m. every Sunday at 208 Whitehorse Road, Baldwin. Peace and love, friends. Have a great week.